deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock don't be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffins. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, um, you know, how... We love Dobby here, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, of course we, we do. We love Dobby on the Shrieking Shack. How much do we love Dobby? Uh, the most, I, I think. Right. I think so. I think that's fair to say. I am wondering if there's any time in your schedule coming up that you might be able to clear off uh, for us to go on a flight to Wales and hunt down the monster who has destroyed Dobby's grave. Well... Of course. I mean, this is a an act that demands justice. This this is so fucked up. Dobby's grave from Harry Potter has been destroyed. This is there no no banter, no opening uh back and forth today. This is very serious. We have to talk about the violence that has been done to a hero's grave. Now, I do I do agree, right? Like th- this is um the the crime of the century i'm very (laughs) upset um i need some context here yeah uh because i feel like the walls between um the fictional world and Uh our world where we live are being uh uh, torn down and i'm just a i'm just a little i'm a little confused about the details here yeah um Uh, there is there is a part in I, I will i will read some of this article to kind of provide some more context i feel like there is a part in this article where you might get a glimpse of what probably actually happened here oh okay the unofficial grave of dobby the house elf a grave visited by many harry potter fans has been destroyed and nobody is sure why dobby the house elf is one of the bravest characters in the harry potter franchise his actions are somewhat questionable, sending a rogue bludger after Harry during a Quidditch match, for example, but you can't deny he had the very best intentions. Real good way to open this article, I think. This is from fans side question, Wizards Questioning and Dobby's character? That is the best way to open an article what about his great? grave being ah, destroyed? Say what you will about Dobby's actions. <laughs> Uh, when this moment was created for the film, oh, excuse me, uh, of course, it was during his final moments in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows that we remember him the most, uh, when he selfishly gave his life, for, selflessly gave his life for his friends. This is a <laughs> it is so, It is selfish of him. He didn't <laughs> think about us and how we would feel after he was he gone. Died. Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, when this moment was created for the film, Dobby's grave was created. This is, who wrote this? Did a robot write this? <laughs> when this moment was created for the film, Dobby's grave was created. A mm. grave that remained after filming was complete. Harry Potter fans from far and wide would visit the site, but this is no longer possible. As Dobby's grave has been destroyed or removed, something has happened to the Harry <laughs> Potter land- landmark. The landmark was located at Pembrokeshire's uh, Freshwater West Beach. It's not known who removed the landmark or why. There is the usual suspicion of vandal- vandalism and obsessed fan, etc. There is also the possibility staff who look after the area removed Dobby's grave as well. Uh, I think that, that might be 
the real answer here, right? Like fans put some shit on a beach. Uh and someone who probably hasn't seen the movie was like, these fucking teenagers put some put some garbage on my beach. Yeah. Yeah. I I do you have a picture handy of what Dobby's grave looked like? Uh because that's I'm very curious how this might I'm, I'm gonna look it up. Grave. Yeah, let's look up Dobby's grave. It's like a it's like a little Oh, it's not very obvious, is it? It's like a little rock and some flowers. It's like a pile of rocks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's the picture. Here, I'm looking at a picture of like the re- the one that you can go see in real life, uh, and it's just like a rock that says "Here lies Dobby, a free elf," and then a bunch of other rocks. So someone probably just moved the rock. Right. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm probably that, or they scared the shit out of someone who doesn't know who Dobby is. Right, like they, they, you know. Everybody knows who Dobby is. First Everybody. day on, the, first day on the job. Uh, it's your job to keep the beach clean. You see, here, here lies. Here's a, here's somebody's grave. Here's an impromptu grave on my beach. Uh-oh. Here, oh, shit. no, oh, here, fuck. here, no. Here are the characters that everybody knows from Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't like if they haven't read the books, and you were like, "Hey, can you tell me what characters are in Harry Potter?" They would say, "Harry." Um. Hedwig, yeah, and maybe also Hagrid, probably because they get the two names mixed up, and yeah. then Do- and then Dobby the elf. <laughs> Everyone knows Dobby. Uh, while I was looking for pictures of the grave, I did find this lovely picture of uh, someone who has constructed a miniature Dobby grave using the Lego figure that you have, actually, the one that you got out of that. Um, yeah yeah he's he's still sitting sitting on my desk um and i don't you know this is a confession of mine i don't like lego figures like i do not like the little lego people i don't think they're very cute or so it's kind of a curse upon upon i i like lego a lot like the building part and like building the big stuff i don't like the 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 lego men that much right right yeah me neither they're not great um but they have written "Here lies Dobby, a free elf" in Sharpie on like a little rock and put it over the Lego one. It's very sweet. It says, "Here lies Dobby, died in tragedy," which is true. He did die in tragedy. He did um, die in tragedy. You know, I guess there's like one way to know if the grave was vandalized or if it was just an accident, and it's to find out whether they dug up Dobby's bones. <laughs> Where is Dobby's skeleton? Where is is, the- Do- is Dobby's skeleton still in the grave? Or is Dobby is Dobby's skeleton Dobby's, missing? Is Dobby's body still interred? <laughs> oh no! Uh, we learned some. We learned all about Dobby today. Um, we you know we knew from the action figure that he had uh, balls and ass. Um, but now <laughs> we've discovered. Thanks we knew to the, we knew he had a taint. That's really all we yeah. knew. <laughs> now we know for sure that he has he has a dick and balls as well it's which, canon it's canon that's from the making of they thought about that they were like what if what if when he's jumping around on this on on harry's bed his <laughs> pillowcase flies up and we accidentally see his dick <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad that someone it was something the they, they had to account for because you never know when that might <laughs> the, happen the, okay this is one of those things i i love i all of the time when this happens i recently watched through again the the like extended edition documentaries that came with the lord of the rings movies about like Mm -hmm. all the work they put into to making those and 
that's really cool. There's a part where when they're talking about like all like the the mock-ups and like props and stuff they made, they talk about the troll from the first movie. And there's a part where like they're walking around this big plaster troll model that they've made as like a Mm -hmm. design concept. And it also just has like a full on dick and balls. Uh, And I always wonder like, does this happen because someone seriously thinks like okay we're making a very realistic creature we might see the trolls dick and balls when frodo (laughs) gets stabbed in this action movie or is it just just because someone's like i this will be funny i'm gonna i'm gonna spend i'm gonna make a monster's dick and balls uh on company time you know like what's what's the angle here it's it's artistic integrity is what that's it is. true it's like you kind of have to know everything even <laughs> if you're not going to use it right knowing what davi's dick and balls looks like it was very important for the actors to like visualize because you know they're acting against a tennis ball right like someone's just holding a tennis ball up and they'll put the cgi guy in later but just like okay you need to be acting off of this creature that we'll be putting in later but you need to imagine that there is a possibility that if he jumps too high (laughs) you could see his dick this is all above board too it's an artistic nude (laughs) yes i'm very glad that we you know dobby you know dobby is a free elf uh which means that he he does have the freedom to take uh artistic artistic nudes and post them online you know what he's you know that's good for him good for dobby yeah yeah um and i i i guess we'll we'll have to uh take that trip we're gonna not be podcasting for a while because we're gonna be on a um world adventure to track down track down the criminal that um that uh slandered his name defaced his grave we're we will be going john wick on their ass when we find them we're gonna right yeah, yeah. to us the dobby is like john wick's dog to us and if anyone I, hurts i've dobby, never we... seen john wick i'm not really familiar John John Wick is a very good movie about Keanu Reeves um, getting really pissed off that some mobsters uh, killed his dog, and then he just goes and murders all the mobsters because they killed his dog. Is that really what that movie is that about? Is, yes, yes, no. He gets he, okay. Oh, I had John, no idea. John Wick. He 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 meets this. He, he has this beautiful wife, uh, but she's dying of cancer or something, and she buys him a puppy, and the puppy is what reminds him of his beautiful old family life. Um, uh-huh. And then some mobsters come into his house looking for him because he's he's like a big shot assassin guy. Uh-huh. Um, and and to piss him off, one of them shoots his puppy. And oh. he just goes sicko mode. And he like goes down into the basement and takes a sledgehammer and he, and he busts open his, his garage floor. And there's like 50 machine guns under his house and he takes all the machine guns and he's like i'm gonna fucking shoot every guy who knows the guy who killed my dog that's the whole plot of the movie you know what else you're describing you're you're describing um the plot of critically acclaimed anime elfin lead (laughs) you're right oh my (laughs) god john wick is elfin lead it's the same it's the same Oh my god! Because they kill her dog, they and then she has to go dog. sicko mode on yeah. every human that has ever lived. Oh fuck! <laughs> John we just cracked Wick. this one wide open. John Wick is Elfin Lead. Yeah. If fuck! If there's any proof that Elfin Lead is high art, <laughs> there it is, right there. <laughs> Holy shit! 
we've cracked the case this is this is incredible i don't think anything need more needs to be said about elfin lead absolutely i think well, that's just really all there is to be said about it tune in tune in in the future for our elfin lead rewatch podcast oh god uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh moving on um speaking of making models that have a dick and balls mcfarlane toys has given a sneak peek at some new harry <laughs> potter action figures now to be clear i don't know if these have it have a dick and balls but now that that's on my mind i just can't imagine anyone working in toy i'm sure i'm sure it had it in the in the concept art at least for for, for (laughs) artistic integrity here's here's voldemort's dick just in case we were making a version where you can lift up the robes Mm -hmm. um they're making a a a ron a harry a hermione and and a voldemort and they all come with patronuses except voldemort who comes with nagini who if you remember is a human woman um so Uh, yeah if you you buy that one you're technically getting like two action figures in one really yeah the real shame is that they they said you know we're not gonna make dobby uh until his bones are found so we we have to wait on that one (laughs) oh i want that okay there i have i want a lot of dobby related merchandise um i want the funko 10 inch dobby i I yeah i was at target and i told myself i I was going to buy the 10 inch dobby if it was there and alas (sighs) alas it was not there was a very large headwig oh like extremely large like a larger size than the 10 inch figures wow but not not dobby no and that was the only i said i said i will only only purchase 10 inch dobby that's the only thing i'll see and that's also why when i saw that two pack of coral and snape um, oh I, right yeah i did not i did not make that purchase oh you didn't oh i love yowie nope. hand snape though i, that's I really... know but i i know but i said only only 10 inch only, only 10 inch dobby um we'll find it eventually there's also the, the one that i'm thinking of now uh is someone on the reddit posted that photo of a like pre-movie dobby figurine where he's, i love this it's so good he's got like the he looks more like the chapter illustration version and he's got like a weird like flat top haircut uh, he's very cool he's very he's handsome. got strong eyebrows i really like him a lot um i immediately looked it up to see if i could buy one because mm-hmm. i really i really like i legitimately i'm not being sarcastic here i love right. this figure it's, it's very funny it's like it, it's so weird just because it's pre-movie so it's like a totally different dobby uh and the only one i could find online was like a hundred bucks so if anyone's that, that listening and little... has has a dobby <laughs> that they're willing to part with uh let me know because i love i love that weird little dobby figure um yeah mcfarland toys they're not great uh and this is the, the the reason i guess that this is like news that's being passed around in harry potter community stuff is the people who had the license previously for Harry Potter, Potter, Harry Potter, Harry Potter figures. I'm Harry, shaking my head. <laughs> Harry Potter figures. Excuse me. Uh, was a company called NECA or Nika. I'm not sure if it's like a word or an acronym. Um, but they made the Deathly Hallows and Order of the Phoenix ah. toys and. If you are unfamiliar with them as a company, I really suggest you go look at their Twitter and tab over to their tweets and replies section because 90% of their tweets uh, are quote tweeting people asking if they're making toys of a certain franchise and just saying, no, never, never will we (laughs) make a toy of this. 
this is one of my favorite thing. One of my favorite Twitter accounts to check in on. Uh, I know that there is a lot. There's a lot, a lot of discourse right now about brand accounts on Twitter and yeah. and, and native oh, advertising yeah. and all of that. And this uh, Twitter exists apart from all of that in that it's just the worst brand account I've ever seen in my life <laughs> where all they do is apparently go through their mentions and say no to people. Like it's, it's not, so it's not good. even, it's not even in like PR speak, customer service speak. It's like, Nope, we're never doing that. Stop asking <laughs> so us. I just, I just opened it up and, and taking a look right now uh, at Nika toys. Can we expect more planet of the apes figures in future? No. Finally copped the Nika Toys Godzilla collection, and they've quote tweeted it and said, "Get more shelves." <laughs> At Nika, what? Ha- oh, the other thing is they love throwing companies under the bus too. Like, like if they're not doing license work with them or something. There's uh, what happened to the Freddy Krueger Dream Warriors puppet? Factories are unable to reproduce it to our specifications. Uh, it's so powerful. I feel like they, I feel like they're give, always giving out info they probably shouldn't be. Like, I mean, like, I don't care, but, like, surely they signed something when they were doing this work that said you can't talk about the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Do you guys plan to ha- Do you guys have plans for Back to the Future? It seems like a serious want from the community. No. Like, no likeness rights to any of the actors. I love that they don't do the, like, kind of, like, oh, we'd like to, though. Like, there's this, like, kind of convention of, like, customer service, like, maybe someday or, or whatever, but nope, they just cut right right to the chase. Like, nope, never, and it's never gonna happen. They make pretty good-looking toys, too. Like, they're sure. they're they're cute figures. I'm looking, I didn't, did you know they did a Spyro one? It's no, good. No, is it cute? It's really cute. They did a pretty good Spyro. Kind of want to look out for that. Um, but but they, uh, they just, yeah, they have zero like 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 on the one hand i don't want like i certainly don't want them to be like an uwu like doing some water and doing and buy our products brand brand, you know (laughs) but i feel like there's a there's a middle ground where you could at least be like uh no we don't have any plans yet but you know we if we there's enough interest we'd love to do it but there's like they just have no no filter at all it's like nope fuck you we're not doing this we never will it's it's really something to see and it's quite an oddity in in this modern world of of brand accounts yeah it's just it's funny because i found them because i was doing research about the old harry potter action figures and there was mm-hmm. someone asking them like are you you know are you guys ever going to reprint the the deathly hallows toys and they were just like no no we will not <laughs> no nope. no nope, no 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 toys absolutely not um but uh i think that kind of brings us to the end of our news segment here except there's there's something here that we definitely need to kind of uh, quickly uh, touch on, which is that, sure. yes, Harry Potter Wizards Unite is opening Ugh. up soon. We're like, we're able to, I guess, transfer your usernames from Pokemon Go or Ingress into Harry Potter Wizards Unite or something. Oh. So that's probably coming sooner rather than later. Um, it looks terrible. They posted more gameplay videos. There's Harry fucking around on a broom uh, in a park. And it just looks absolutely terrible. I can't wait to to have a Shriekcast live episode or something playing this stupid thing. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I, I, uh... I hate to say it, but I think I'm going to be a cop. 
I know, I know everyone. <laughs> I hear I hear the jeering and the booing from the audience, Ooh. but but mostly I'm so curious. Like I, I guess I don't know that the gameplay is gonna be different depending on what skill tree you go with. Um, but I am most interested in how batshit the combat mechanics are yes. for the aura, where you like are walking down the street and it's like a what is supposed to be a human-sized like death eater and you have to like go through a fighting mini game right yeah the um the the three branches are cop zoologist and teacher i Uh think i'm probably gonna go teacher because i'm assuming that's where we'll be seeing stuff like harry getting sucked off by a dementor and and whatnot and like the most movie scene type things right um but zoologist is just boring because it's just going to be pokemon go and like you know i love buckbeak and everything but harry potter just doesn't have that many interesting creatures right uh just not really a a super important thing uh to the series and then cops are, are like maybe the second choice for me because like you say there's that um there's that incredible video from the uh like the trailer for the game where you're like dueling that dark witch or whatever mm-hmm. and she just has the dreamworks face the entire time <laughs> and i'm really excited to see what those characters are like because it looks like it might be all original characters and content which might be funny yeah yeah i think we're definitely out for to find the weirdest content on yeah. this on this yeah. app speaking of weird content yeah. we read one chapter this week but who was it a doozy it's so long i mean it's not really long. it's for, it's packed it's a packed it's, chapter it's got it's got a lot of stuff so sit sit back take a sip of water and i'll uh <laughs> and i'll take us through um uh this chapter which i believe is called detention with dolores mm. harry and hermione are having a discussion or rather a brief conversation kind of at the top of this chapter um because harry is is upset and is basically asking why at the end of goblet of fire did people believe dumbledore and now they're all skeptical that voldemort is back and hermione uh kind of speculates that maybe they didn't fully believe dumbledore at the time or maybe did in the moment and then had an entire summer to be brainwashed by the news and kind of what their parents think but harry is just kind of generally uh pretty pretty mad about that Uh, And he, while she is trying to be kind of nice about it and explain what she thinks, he's kind of just routinely snapping at her and and being mean. And and she keeps kind of admonishing him and be and saying, like, stop biting my head off. Uh, You need to stop treating me this way. They are working on homework. They have so much homework. That's kind of a common thing that keeps coming back up about how the OWLs are coming up um, and they are just swamped with work. Uh, While they're in the common room, kind of going over their potions essay, Uh, Fred and George are kind of off in a corner with a circle of first years and they are clearly uh, testing, testing some products on them. Um, Hermione says like, Ron, come on, we have to stop them. This is against the rules. We're prefix. Uh, Ron does not back her up. Hermione kind of goes over and and tells them that they need to stop or, or she will um, call their mom on them. Uh, And so they, they kind of clear out. Uh, Hermione's kind of tired uh, from all that and, and she kind of snaps at Ron and says like thanks for the backup um, and right before she goes to bed she leaves um, some garments around the common room and she hides them uh, by putting some some trash over the top of them uh, when Ron asks what they are 
um, Hermione says that she's taken up knitting and, and they are they are knitted hats for house elves and she her goal is to hide them so that house elves will think they're picking up trash and accidentally pick up a garment and be free. Uh, Hermione does go off to bed after doing that and Ron takes the trash off of the hats and says uh, that, the, that the house elves at least have the right to be able to choose uh, whether they want to be freed or not. The next day they have a uh, terms class and transfiguration class. Harry's starting to really feel the pressure of all of that. And then he also has detention every night that week with Umbridge uh, from the last chapter. Uh, and he just doesn't have time to do all the, the homework. Uh, and he's just not in a very good mood. At Care of Magical Creatures, um, we get a scene where Professor Grubbly Plank is teaching them about bow truckles. Um, Harry is still concerned about Hagrid and tries to ask her where he is, but she won't say. Draco is kind of taunting him, uh, suggesting that he knows that Hagrid is on a secret mission and, and surely won't succeed. Uh, Harry is also mad at the end of the lesson because he secretly knows to himself that the lesson was way better than it would have been uh, with with Hagrid. Uh, Harry is mean to Hermione again. We get another kind of scene of that uh, regarding the Care of Magical Creatures class uh, because Harry gets kind of preemptively defensive and says, like, don't you dare say say she's a better teacher than Hagrid. And Hermione's like, I wasn't going to say that. Uh, as they're entering uh, Herbology, Luna is on her way out of class and she kind of takes Harry aside and says, or rather not aside, I guess she says it in front of everyone, um, that she believes Harry and that she thinks that Voldemort is back, but then kind of undermines her own thing by saying, like, I believe that as much as I believe um, these other uh, things that aren't true, like quibbler, quibbler type things. And so Harry uh, says thank you, but it's kind of under the impression, like, oh, it's worse to have Luna on my side because she's clearly crazy and it's making me look crazy as a result. Um, but as she's leaving, Ernie McMillan also approaches him and says, like, it's not just crazy people on your side. Me and my family support you and Dumbledore. And that kind of cheers Harry up a little bit. Uh, Angelina, who is now the captain of the Quidditch team, approaches Harry because she heard that he had detention all week and he is supposed to be at keeper tryouts and is super pissed at him and says, you need to get out of detention. Um, this is really important. <sighs> It's detention time. Uh, Harry tries to ask Umbridge if he can get out of detention on Friday, and she's just doing the sickly sweet routine. No, you cannot. Uh, you are. You need to be punished. It's actually better that you're going to lose out on something you care about. He has to write lines, uh, but it's a blood quill, and it cuts, I will not tell lies on the back of his hand the more and more he does it. She says some evil stuff about like wanting the lesson to really sink in. Uh, Harry has kind of taken this on as a battle of wills, he has decided that he is going to do it and hide it from everyone and that he will not let her win uh, by kicking up a fuss or being upset or telling anyone. Um, every night that week, Harry is going to Umbridge's detention and just doing the same thing. Um, and Umbridge is kind of taunting him, but he, he's not giving in. On the way back from one of the, the later detentions, he runs into Ron, who has been acting kind of suspicious all week. Um, and uh, Ron is in, in the, the corridor and he kind of hides his broom and is hiding what he's doing, uh, but kind of sheepishly admits he's been uh, practicing uh, Quidditch because he's going to try out for Keeper. And Harry has a very positive reaction, which Ron is happy about. Um, and it seems like he's a little bit embarrassed and is wor like is worried about the tryouts and worried that his brothers will make fun of him uh, 
because he's a prefect. Um, but it's at that moment that Ron also notices that Harry's hand is cut open and Harry has to tell Ron what's going on. Um, Ron says that he should go tell someone. Harry won't do it. Um, uh, and then it is the last detention on Friday afternoon and Harry is kind of watching the keeper tryouts out of the window, but he can't really see what's going on. Um, and right as he's about done, um, Umbridge does touch his arm as she's looking at the cut on his hand um, and he gets the pain in his scar that remo- that is when Voldemort is doing something evil or, or when he has previously touched Voldemort. And so he is now worried that she's related to that. Uh, he goes back to the common room after the detention. Uh, Ron has been made keeper. He's really happy for him. She, Harry does end up talking to Angelina, who says that Ron uh, really wasn't that good and wasn't really the best person for the job, but everyone else had like other conflicts that made them unable uh, uh, to be desirable for that for that position. Uh, Harry does talk to Hermione about his scar hurting, says, you know, what do I do? She says, go to Dumbledore. He won't do it because he's pissed at Dumbledore. He says that he'll um, send a letter to Sirius. Hermione says, you can't send a letter to Sirius. You can't put something like that in a letter. It's going to be intercepted and it's, it's too dangerous. Uh, so he says, like, fine, fuck you. I won't tell anyone. And that's the end of the chapter. Bold move of this chapter to open with an extended discussion about why the emotional payoff of the last novel was pointless. This feels like such a, like, covering of a problem that this had. Like, right? Like, that. this is Harry <laughs> saying a plot hole out loud. Yeah, it's Is that so not weird. what that is? Yeah, I really didn't so even weird. think about it, honestly. No, I, I would not have considered this at all. Like, my... Like, if I had ever been pointed out, if it was ever pointed out to me that, like, hey, you know, if you remember at the end of Goblet of Fire, everyone was kind of chill with Dumbledore's speech, I would have just been like, well, maybe they were just not saying anything because they're kids and he's Dumbledore and, like, never thought about it again. Having the characters have an extended conversation about how little (laughs) sense it actually makes is fucking weird. It's super weird. Also, I feel like Hermione's conclusion is what I probably would have come to on my own if that was a problem that I was having. Right? Like, I I don't know. They are a bunch of kids, and kids at that age are really impressionable, especially to the politics and the things that their parents are thinking. Right. Right. Or they just don't uh, care. Or they don't care at all. And so, like, a good proportion of them going home and then having their parents basically say what they think is obviously going to have more sway than than what Dumbledore says so it does does feel it does feel like Harry is just like what about this plot hole Hermione (laughs) it's it reminded me so much of the scene in Fantastic Beasts 2 where they have the bucket with them (laughs) uh Newt is like put the bucket down because it's gonna it's gonna porky back soon like it has that energy to it like, I would not have cared if you hadn't brought this up. Yeah, we really out there covering up plot holes from Goblet of Fire uh, <laughs> for many, many years, apparently. What's what's going on with with JK's own perception of Goblet of Fire? It's I mean, it's not great, but come on. It's really yeah, it's not it's not that bad. There, Harry, there aren't plot holes that really bother me. Harry sucks so much. And and like Ron does too, but Harry just being a huge turd to Hermione <laughs> in this chapter gets really grating really fast. She is an angel for putting up with him at this point. I'm I'm conflicted about how I feel about this because going into this book, uh, you know, I've talked about it a lot and it's uh, generally, uh, you know, people's opinions are divided and a lot of people will say like, I'll, they, well, they will say like, 
you know, skip Order of the Phoenix because it's not fun to read because it's just Harry being a huge dick the whole time. Mm -hmm. I can kind of see where they're coming from on the one hand, like it isn't very fun. Like, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know if it really belongs here. Yeah. It's, it's less because I, I, we've talked about this before. I, you know, I think both of us really appreciate characters who are not right in everything they do. Right. Like we, we, we like stories that are a little darker uh, and like maybe more complex, like emotionally. And like, I get that a little bit here. It's just similar to the transition from book three to four. It is so jarring remembering that like Harry started out as like a functional adult at 11 and is now a teenager <laughs> and is like functioning like a shitty teenager. Right. Like, it, the the tone has has taken such a weird turn but it has it, it's not just the tone it's like the style with which the characters are presented and so like even if it's believable that harry is this much of a dick to his friends at this stage of his life and like is this irritable and stuff like that's realistic and like that's understandable honestly like he's gone through a lot of trauma now it's like the book only really discovered trauma existed in 4 right like like Ginny Ginny was kidnapped by a ghost and nearly killed and she was over it a a day later right yeah and for for that matter Harry was over it Harry uh was in grave peril from a giant snake and was about to watch (laughs) his friend's little sister be murdered horribly in front of him right before he was going to be murdered um I just, I guess the part with this is not really that I think that it's, like, I I have been surprised at the complexity of, of Harry's emotional life in this mm-hmm. book. I was expecting it to be a lot more shallow, where it, yeah. it has a lot more going on and is, like, pretty, um, like, believable. And I think that yeah. um, one of the big criticisms that I don't agree with is, like, a lot of people that say, like, why doesn't Harry go go tell someone? Like, why? he's so dumb. And it's like, well, yeah, that would have been like the right thing to do but the answer to your question is in the text right like it is pretty clear and it's pretty pretty real i guess when i i my question is is when this is the story that's being told here i wonder if we're losing a little bit too much of the going to magic school fantasy and what makes that fun right yeah it's it's less a um (laughs) this might be a really dumb way to phrase it but but it's the only way i can think it's less criticizing what is there for me and more wondering where everything else went you know like like i'm not i'm not mad that this is the story that's here i am a little confused as to like where the rest of the story is gone like where's where's the rest of the stuff that i come to harry potter for right Uh, because it's kind of missing here um which isn't, you know, I'm I'm all for mixing things up in, in, in a series. Just like this is so laser focused on like this uh, grim teenage trauma story. Uh, it, it's sort of like got tunnel vision and it, like it would be one. I, I think honestly, like one thing that would have made this more effective for me, like on the whole, is if uh, Harry had been interested in magic at all in the previous books. Like if this if mm-hmm. if if he had been 
like really enamored with the magical world around him for all all previous four books and then in the fifth one it like turns sour for him and like he doesn't care anymore and he realizes that like just because it was you know new and different to him a while ago the world is still just as shitty to him now Mm -hmm. like that i think would have been really effective but harry has had so little interior life uh (laughs) in these books up until this point uh it's it's hard to like make a comparison in his character like harry has barely had a character in most of the books right like he's an observer yeah yeah and and now he's here and the way he's asserting that character is being a huge dick to everyone yeah which again like i'm not like like he is a huge dick and it does bother me i don't think it's bad for the story but at the same time i'm just like hermione just find some other friends find find a friend who doesn't treat you like shit and find another friend who doesn't think slavery is good right <laughs> poor hermione <laughs> poor hermione she's she's going through it in this in this book um God, this is such a long chapter. What what do we get again after the the initial Hermione Harry conversation? Uh, so we get we get the entire scene of um uh, like Fred and George testing the oh, that's staff, right. yeah. and then also the house elf stuff, which I would like to talk about. Yes, yes, absolutely. Let's let's dig into that, huh? I, so uh, this is something I uh, I thought was in book four and that I forgot about, but it's I I forgot that she left clothes people around for elves to find in five. I hate this. Um, I think that this, like, I, I think that we have seen a lot of war- like s- bad stuff that is more bad on its face. Mm-hmm. But I think it is pretty disgusting that this is this text is framing Ron as being correct because mm-hmm. he is offering the elves a choice, which implies <laughs> right. that slavery can be consensual. Right. It is insane. It is a uh like it's one thing if they want to like discuss the like efficacy or ethics of what hermione's doing right like so so she's leaving these these uh these hats out hoping that slaves will take the clothes and be free i feel like the the more like both appropriate and also uh uh less shitty enough to make me hate the character forever response ron could give is that's not going to work like you're being naive like like there's like the logistics of this like we could even get like some sort of like um insight into like how this weird magical like slavery system works and like how fucked up it is right because like i don't know ron's ron's been a wizard his whole life he could explain like no it can't be any piece of clothing it needs to be from it would need to be from dumbledore or whatever right and like like have hermione be upset about dumbledore being complicit in this so heavily right like like there's ways to have this argument rather than ron just be like ah well you know is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow like like, just (laughs) just go and full line rand on her (sighs) It's a lot. I can't believe this stuff continues to come up. Yeah, especially because Spew got dropped like a rock in the last book. Why is it popping back up again? I don't know. It, I, I don't know if it's like supposed to lend Hermione some character, but it also just... It, she's wrong, right? Like, it is there for her to be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's, her, it's her, there to make her look foolish and, like, radical or whatever. 
which is an interesting choice uh, there, in there a story to make about her, slavery. Her, I guess, like, will do anything by any means necessary to achieve her what she thinks is morally right. Um, but I just can't believe that we're our avenue of taking her down in that way or finding her character flaw it has to be that actually slavery is good <laughs> right her, like oh like, her, hermione's major character flaw uh too anti-slavery like what mm. the fuck <laughs> like it's truly remarkable it's fucked it's so fucked i uh that article the pottermore article popped up again and i was skim reading that again recently and i was just blown away i mean this by... is like a huge a huge sticking point uh for anyone that for some reason is having this in canon argument about whether or not slavery is good or bad yeah it's always like this is the one this is like the linchpin of the like hermione is wrong because she isn't interested in uh, like listening to what the house elves say that they need but rather forcing freedom upon them right <laughs> right like it's so fucked up like i don't I, I i don't this i'm hoping might be like the like the the furthest down these books get into the weeds of this bullshit i can't remember if this comes up anymore but it, it sure paints Ron in a certain light, huh? You know, too cowardly to tell his brothers to stop experimenting on, on children, not telling them what they're doing. Uh, brave enough to let Hermione know that, you know, you're being a little a little too radical about freeing slaves. I'm sorry if, uh, like, this is... Uh, this whole scene was such a tableau of, like, didn't think this through to me. Yeah. Between, between the uh the don't free the slaves and f uh, fred and george inventing r uh roofies um oh god right yeah i was just like what is happening here <laughs> <laughs> it was it's so like i i liked the idea of the skiving snack boxes thing previously like the things that they were doing were, were cute and funny like the like oh this one will make you barf this one makes you turn purple or whatever uh right and then they this is just a this is just a sleeping pill that they've invented. Yep, and you don't wake up until you someone else gives you the other half. Yeah, what the fuck? Also, I would like to okay, I, not to um put the you know the screws to these brave entrepreneurs here. Mm. Um, but how does this work exactly? If you are wanting to get <laughs> out of class, if you're using this in the way that it is, you know, it says on the box you're supposed to. So uh, you you take the the fainting candy uh -huh. and you faint, but someone needs to feed you the other half. Right. Who who are you going to get in cahoots with you to do that? Who wouldn't also need to take a fainting candy and then also need someone else to come get them to like like how do you coordinate this? Because otherwise you're just gonna daisy chain fainting all around the room. Right. Uh, into, yeah. In, <laughs> Right? This doesn't like, make a lot of sense. How do you do or or you're gonna get okay, so so one person takes the fainting candy. Ooh, ah, ooh, I've passed out. Uh take me to the hospital wing. Uh, <laughs> so you're out of class. Then someone else starts takes the, the vomit candy. It goes, ooh, ah, oof, barfing. I need to I need to go to the hospital wing. 
at that point, would the teacher not immediately recognize what is happening? I would, I would think so. I don't know if this, I don't know about this plan at all, Fred and George. <laughs> yeah, not, not into this. Not into Fred and George inventing roofies at all. Uh, a little dark, I would say. Um, and it's, you, you might think we're reading too far into this, but the description is very vivid talks about the the, like first years lolling their heads back and rolling (laughs) their tongues out and like like it is paints a very grim picture uh of 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 what the the candy does yeah it's not great this whole this this scene was not my favorite i used to like fred and george so much they were they were my favorites at one point and now they now they just sort of creep me out i'm not not into it yeah what's our next scene let's let's move on from this classes are so hard there's so much homework classes be hard there's so much homework and there's tests um harry can't concentrate because he's i don't know a mad he's mad all the time he's just so mad he's so angry uh so i guess the care of magical creatures scene is really the next kind of big one Uh, i didn't remember i didn't remember that we knew bow truckles before fantastic beasts and the little textbook thing I, i did not remember that they appeared in harry potter yeah um i uh, the, the description of bow truckles here in this scene uh, makes him seem a lot more dangerous than the one we see in the movie, who's just like a little cute guy who goes meow, 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 like like yeah, he, here nothing. they're like gonna rip your eyes out or something. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see. What's his name? Puck or whatever? Puck Wedgie? Puck man? He's the little little guy. And I don't know. Pick pick it. Pick it, thank you. Um, um, pick y- it. I want to see him gouge someone's eyes out. Maybe that's the, the real, you know, the part in the the first Fantastic Beasts movie where he hands over um, Picket to the the Goblin. Oh guy. yeah. Maybe that's what, what was gonna. Ha- that was like the contingency plan is that Picket was gonna fuck him up. That's what that would have made a lot more sense rather than him just giving away his friend. Right. There was no real resolution to that scene as it's. No, they forgot to put a resolution there. Um, but yeah, they, it's it's very different from the uh, bow truckles. And I was going to say maybe it's just picket, but we see a whole big nest of them in the trunk, and they just seem like cute little harmless. Yeah, little guys, bugs. Um, little stick bugs. Not here though. The- they're, they're weird. Uh, the the bow truckles are so funny to me because they are just stick insects. Like they're not. They're, they're sort of like the crop. Like you remember the crop from Fantastic <laughs> yeah. Beasts book, which is like it's a dog with two tails. Right. The yeah. bow truckles are just like here's a stick insect, but yeah. its face is different. I guess its face it, is different, and it will fuck you up. It will fuck. Um, this character creature scene is cute. I think. Uh, I like the contention between. Like I like that Harry realizes that it's a better class than he would have had otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I like this is like the one thing him digging at Hermione for that I think f- like like works for me is that because she has been very reluctant to like praise Hagrid and stuff. Um, she's quite open about how bad a teacher she thinks Hagrid is. And he so is. Then, he is a bad teacher. He's a ter- oh, she's she is completely correct, right? <laughs> but but that's another thing that like fits into like the 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 character the real character flaws that aren't her. Um, uh you know uh hating slavery too much mm. uh it was that you know her her desire to be logical and correct sometimes outweighs her you know her emotional intelligence or right, whatever yeah. like 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 that that fits that's like a good character conflict for these people to have how fucking stupid is harry though 
this this uh <laughs> malfoy dropping they're like i'm sure he's on a big assignment oh my god is this draco's is this gonna be draco's whole thing this whole book like, i hope because so our, f- our first encounter with him is like i i'll be dogging your steps and <laughs> now he's like he's probably got a big problem what is that what is this bit he's doing it's great i like malfoy has been reading about so <laughs> malfoy uh the malfoy family they they love to gather around the old tv and watch point break on vhs mm-hmm. which has probably gotten draco interested in screenwriting right so he's probably been reading like robert mckee's story oh, or, yeah, definitely. or something like that and is and he's learning all about <laughs> how screenplays drop clues uh you know and foreshadowing into into a story and he's like i'm i'm gonna flex my new storytelling muscles in front of harry potter yeah um, leave some cool hints that'll that'll pay off later when harry realizes what i mean that's really cool draco malfoy uh uh the the hot new screenwriter uh in the wizarding world he's yeah very... that really sets up draco's tragedy really well because he really wants to be a screenwriter he's incorporating it kind of into his personality he's trying to be like harry please notice that i'm i'm dropping you know these these clues this foreshadowing into your life um but instead of pursuing his dream to be a screenwriter he has to go work for voldemort and that's the tra- that is the tragedy here that's why he wears that waiter suit in um <laughs> in six because like like so many want to be screenwriters he moves to la thinking it's going to be really easy to get a screenwriting gig immediately mm-hmm. but he and en- he ends up working at a restaurant most of the day uh and doesn't have time to hone his screenwriting craft ah uh, this is the true tragedy of harry potter this is the tr- oh, draco malfoy you know a lot of people say he's just a bully he's just mean it's no excuse that his dad foisted all these political uh, opinions on him, but I think it's it's a huge tragedy. He could have been the Wizarding World's greatest screenplay writer if only he had, he didn't have to go work for Voldemort in the summer. That sucks. I'm that sure sucks. I'm sure that he's he wanted to write Point Break too. <laughs> oh, with wands this time, uh, Keanu Reeves just fires his wand into the air. Expelliarmus! 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 But but for real though, do wizards write fiction? <clears throat> that's a really good fucking question because <sighs> okay the only story we know about in the wizarding world is beetle the bard which comes around towards like the <laughs> middle of book seven and ron acts like everyone's crazy for not knowing it uh but we never hear anything about it until then so maybe they just don't have fiction huh. it's like a star trek episode where they get they they go to they land on a planet that has no concept of metaphor right huh and like like, i don't know like we don't what what is this story who is this robert mckee you speak of maybe that's the cost of magic (laughs) because magic is real no one has any imagination anymore yeah That's that's kind of a great premise i like this yeah that is a good one let's just put that in the vault that'll be a subplot in our in our um in our cw show there's a muggle there's a muggle born who's like likes to to to, to write oh my write god it's so perfect too because it also explains like when they try their hardest and like try to like mimic the way muggles like write music we end up with the wheels on the bus <laughs> you're right like the can you do the hippogriff nah, nah, that's nah, all nah, they nah. can do that's the best they can do yeah, they, they well, we we know that the Celestina Warbeck songs are all like I'm I'm brewing a potion of my love. Or, cauldron. Yeah. They, they have zero capacity for metaphor or imaginative thinking. 
We are uncovering so many tragedies here today. This is so sad. Oh, this is such a great like. Like, just imagine like you're oh, yeah, like like oh, I'm I'm the Muggleborn self insert character. I you know I'm a uh, I'm I'm I've been sorted into Hufflepuff. I'm having a great time at the magic school and discovering magic is real. But everyone looks at me like I'm crazy when I tell them about Star Wars. <laughs> it's, so, it's so sad. They're like, like X-Wings, why wouldn't they just fly a broom to the Death Star? Uh, Lucius Malfoy gathering gathering his family around the television saying, us wizards can't, can't, don't have imagination, so we must watch Point Break. It's what the, Muggle, it's what the Muggles do. No, no, or, or because he, he hates Muggles, right? So he like, he's like laughing at it. He's like, look at these Muggles pretending to do stuff. What the oh, fuck? Oh, and meanwhile, Draco is like crying a single tear. He's like, I love this. I secretly <laughs> love this. <laughs> this is so powerful. I love this idea. There's the, the, the wizards. I'm a, I love this idea of like wizards all being like that apocryphal story about the people seeing the video like the movie of the train coming towards the camera oh and yeah like running out of the theater because they thought it was gonna bust through the wall or right. whatever like <laughs> the wizards just don't just have no no concept like they'll watch a western on tv and someone will get shot and they're like oh my god that guy died yes. the man in the, the man in the tv died i'm someone so i'm him. so into this i'm ugh, this is such a good idea okay filing this one away for later we have to we have to move on this is one chapter but it's such a long chapter it is long we have we have a luna encounter what did you yeah. think of the luna and the ernie scene i liked the luna encounter just because this was closer to like the luna i remember where she's like more airy like airy fairy and it's like i believe you i also believe that crumpled horn skinks are real or whatever i thought that was kind of cute um everyone's just mean to her in oh, this yeah. i guess like like especially because like the thing they're being mean to her about is that she has big earrings which really just does not strike <laughs> me as something i would like really dig at someone for i'd be like damn that's kind of cool you got big earrings this, this like, book is so is so funny to me because it is suddenly very concerned with the way people who dress in like an eccentric way are but we're in yeah. wizard world like I, I i feel like the very first book was very concerned with pointing out how eccentric all the wizards were and how cool that was. And it was like Harry was leaving this like white picket fence life of Vernon who works at the drill factory to like a world where Dumbledore is wearing like purple robes and yeah. everyone is being like really eccentric and, and the wizards on the street corner is like drawing attention from muggles. And then all of a sudden it just takes a 180 and it's like huh, Luna wearing earrings shaped like vegetables. Like, what the fuck who cares yeah yeah it's a weird one i would like i would like to point out that it's very weird especially like i was thinking about this with the umbrage stuff and how weird it is that like everyone is is put off by her like kind of grandmotherly femininity stuff mm -hmm. because everyone's wearing robes right like like the men are all wearing robes presumably not with like trousers right like they're wearing robe ass robes uh like i've this is i mean like whatever this is just like i feel like this is a case of like you know i i know we like to kind of poke fun at like world building obsessives here but this is something where i think a little bit of world building would have gone a long way you would think that in a world where the men all the men and women all wear like unisex robes everywhere 
the like like delineation between like different gendered clothes would be a little less stark right it it feels really weird to me because the picture that i see is that umbridge is wearing like muggle clothes right in in a world where everyone is wearing wizard clothes but that's i don't think what's happening here because i don't because she is supposed she's anti-muggle right like right i don't think that's what i'm supposed to think it just feels like it ends up feeling like an inconsistency yeah it's very weird um but luna luna is cuter here i i like this scene a lot um it, it's i i i don't like the ernie uh follow-up just because it's like like oh thank god this like non-crazy person believes me it's like do we, also I don't my know other question is like who the hell is ernie Ah, who is this guy he maybe he was the one that didn't that thought harry was crazy in chamber of secrets oh he was i think that's where he's like the hufflepuff bully guy that's right i forgot about that he's back our favorite character ernie (laughs) he's 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 back to perform the exact same role in reverse great (laughs) (laughs) that's called a callback um but yeah, I don't know. Like, like uh, this. This was clo- this was less like Joker ass Luna and more just like fun, weird Luna. But I, I, I appreciated that scene. Then it's the first attention. Is that is that what we have yeah, next? Yeah, yeah. First attention. Okay, we've got a lot to unpack with the detention stuff. I don't um, hate it. No, I. I think my biggest issue with the detention scene is not any one detail about it, but rather how early it's happening, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is like unquestionably evil. Right. What, what she's doing. And the thing that like up till this point has made umbridge kind of scary is that she is you know that she's evil and up to something but she is very good at disguising it Mm -hmm. um and this her just sort of like going full mask off immediately with her punishment (laughs) kind of undermines that to me i think it it feels really weird that this was not the culmination of a book-long escalation in yes. her tactics to silence Harry, right? Yes. Like, I, I guess, I mean, from what I can remember, that's what she's there for, right? She's she's put there by the ministry to get Hogwarts under control, get Harry under control specifically. Um, yes. I am so surprised that she didn't do just, like, the authoritarian teacher thing for longer culminating in this, right? Like, this yes. feels like the final, like, nothing else is working I'm going to cut words into your hand. Like I'm going right. to permanently maim you for this because I, I can't get you under control in any other way. Right. But it's yeah. just like right away. And it's just like kind of chill sort of. It's, it's very it's... weird. She's not very scary when I don't really understand her plan here. Like right. I, I, I find it. I think that a lot of people like to say about this book, like, why did Harry not just immediately go tell someone? And I think that Harry does a pretty good job of like, or rather the character and the text does a pretty good job of saying why he doesn't do that. Even though it's kind of a stupid, like, right. Like objectively, 
probably would have been the right thing to do to go see McGonagall. Uh, but he yeah. he's re- he's reacting to to being humiliated and assaulted, and I like is is taking control back in this situation at least his perception of that uh by making it into this battle of wills that he can win right mm-hmm. i don't understand what umbridge's plan is here like like <laughs> yeah. it is is the implication this exposes is, her is this implication that she can't get fired like if if harry were to go to mcgonagall and say hey umbridge cut words into my hand with a cursed quill right and yeah. then McGonagall goes to Dumbledore and says, Hey, uh, this happened. Um, and then Dumbledore says like, you're fired. But then Fudge shows up and says, no, she's not. Like, is that, is that really the implication here that she is untouchable? Is that what this is trying to get across to me? It, it, I, like that's gotta be it. But, but right? why not but that go that really... route? Then, yeah. Why to not demonstrate have... that? Because that's exactly. scary, right? Like she can do something horrible to you and nothing will happen because she's untouchable. Exactly. And then that opens up a, an anxiety of like, what else could she do? Right. Can, can yes. she, yes. can she crucio you? Can she kill? Like, like if someone is untouchable, that's scary, but that's not really demonstrated at all. Right. Yeah. You're right. If, 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 if Harry had gone to Dumbledore and Dumbledore like was just like my hands are tied like if 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 uh we fire umbridge like the order's fucked right there's a way to present this it just feels like two hat like two the two possible options uh jk had for this storyline she took like half of each and combined the least compatible halves together if that makes sense yeah like i i totally buy the um the like harry being confused and humiliated and like not wanting to tell anyone like that touches a nerve right um but that i think that would be more believable and effective if her punishment hadn't been so outrageous the first time if it had been something smaller that like you know there's easily ways to humiliate and belittle and like abuse harry in this situation without going this far that would still be you know horrible for him yeah snape's been doing uh, it for like four years yeah right yeah snape's <laughs> yeah snape's been on this tip um and i'm like have that be the story being told or have her do this absolutely outrageous punishment and have harry think like well now i've got you like i'm just gonna tell dumbledore there's evidence on my damn hand about this and having that not be an avenue he can pursue because of like the government uh, involvement and like the the secrecy of the order and whatnot like I think there's like, yeah, it's like two halves of a story that have been kind of lopped up and put together in like the least compatible way mm-hmm. to me. Um, I also uh, have to, I think that there's only one certain conclusion that I can draw from this. And it's that Harry wears fingerless gloves at all times and <laughs> and, and has been for, yeah. for the entirety of the books. Like that's a detail <laughs> that just Harry, the reality that harry's been wearing fingerless gloves um for Aren't... four books now uh and we just he it's just never been mentioned because i it was the 90s <laughs> i could have been really into nine inch nails like trent reznor used to wear those fingerless gloves all the time he was just like yeah i'm a goth i'm i'm harry right i don't really, know why did no one notice until ron 
I guess like maybe it's maybe on the he back was, of like, his hand because they're like they're wearing robes, right? Maybe Harry is like doing that. Have you ever like been I don't know like cold or bored or whatever, and you're wearing like a long sleeve top and you like kind of shrink your hands into your into your long sleeves? Maybe he's doing that the whole time. I just feel like that that's a lot of time to account for, especially when you're living in dorms. Maybe he's doing that. Dorms. Maybe he does that thing that like sometimes you do with hoodies when you're like a teen, where you cut the thumb hole in the oh, in the sleeve. Yeah, and he's yeah. done he's done that with his robes, and that's a very attractive look. He's 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 in a school, and he's got the scars on his writing hand. Haven't they been in class it's an, for? I like... thought it's like an open wound throughout this whole. Like it's a it's a it's horrible yeah it's it's very weird it's this chapter is is interesting because like i said it it touches on some personal stuff for me that i thought was going to be scarier than it was and i ended up being kind of disappointed by that in a weird way but also it is it is really difficult to wrestle with the um this chapter has some really strong like abuse story imagery in it um and like part of me feels petty and shitty for like thinking about like well how did he hide his hand because it's horrible what's happening right like like but i i i I hate to draw this curse comparison this is almost like thousand perfect notes here for me Mm -hmm. where it's like it is horrible that that this character is being physically abused by an authority figure right uh but the logistics are (laughs) weird enough that it's not it's not effective right like like it never reaches that point where I'm like, oh wow, yeah, this is really scary because it's it just it just gets silly immediately. Yeah, it just it it's like it wants to reckon with just about half of the of the re- <laughs> of the real stuff, you know? Yeah, it it kind of like pulls up to the curb of being like a very serious abuse story, and then kind of drive keeps going right, like like i definitely don't blame it if because if because if this just like went straight into just like that was the whole story but i don't i don't know if i am fully into this kind of halfway because it does it doesn't feel satisfying as that kind of story but it has also lost any part of the like fun kind of cartoony fantasy story that i also enjoy so it's just kind of in this this middle ground where i kind of feel nothing there's a I feel like there's a way where you could do this story and kind of like touch on those themes but have it still be wacky. Like Snape, I mean Snape is the is the answer, right? Like like Snape is really not that far off from Umbridge in terms of how he like treats his students, right? There's just like this la- extra layer of cartoon villain to it that like makes it work. Uh whereas here um it's not quite real but not quite outlandish and and cartoony enough and it just kind of sits in between uncomfortably um where it's like it hasn't been turned into a completely you know you can you can write a a very whimsical all ages story you know about that, that like when you dig down into it, it has very serious themes right like that, that's a fairly common thing to do mm-hmm. uh but this dips a little bit too much into more realistic and serious imagery but doesn't sell it doesn't go far enough on that in that department either. i don't know it's 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 kind of uh 
wishy-washy i guess yeah i mean having having a teenager i mean cut words into their own hand like that is that's gruesome stuff like that that is some that's some stuff right yeah that's that's an image for sure uh but it doesn't it it doesn't sell it i guess and i don't want to call it like i don't think it's tacky i don't think it's tasteless i don't think it's like going too far and like uh like it it doesn't offend me that it's like it's sitting in this like halfway you know point between being a serious abuse story and being a cartoon harry potter thing it's just like i wish it would pick a you know pick a side of the fence right like is this going to be all subtext or are you going to make the text gruesome right and it just kind of doesn't doesn't go all the way there yeah it's a weird one like i said i don't hate it i just am not i'm not i'm not all in either (laughs) i just i just also really strongly agree with you that this feels like it should have been the culmination of i think that would have solved a lot of this honestly if this was like the culmination of like a series of punishments right Mm -hmm. um uh but it 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 just like coming in the middle of this middle of this book actually not even the middle we're like a third of the way through this book barely quarter maybe yeah and really Um, we just met her like two chapters ago i mean aside from the trial i guess where she was in the room yeah yeah um sorry for the downer discussion on this one but it's a it's a this is a difficult subject i think um and the book sort of handles it okay question mark i i would have liked to have seen more in either direction either like make her like a cartoon like make her like oogie boogie from the nightmare before christmas or something like still obviously a bad guy but kind of fun uh or make her just full-on like like realistic uh authoritative like uh government um you know the banality of evil or whatever sure there's a way to there's a way to like do this character uh differently in either direction that i think would have been better yeah i I guess we'll see how it because i'm like where can we even go from here you know and and that's the thing is i I guess i remember like the major beats of where we go from here but they're things like umbridge cancels quidditch which doesn't (laughs) doesn't feel like that much of an escalation to be honest (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm really curious to see like what because if it's like yeah umbridge cancels quidditch umbridge um is like vaguely mean about harry's parents or something uh like those things are horrible but i feel like they probably should have been the things that build up to umbridge literally carves words into harry's hand you know yeah it's a weird one how about ron making the quidditch team good for ron i mean you know it's it's funny that he only got on or whatever because he was the only one who showed up but it was it's i'm this is I'm so torn with Ron in this fucking book because I I really liked Ron in the early books and him having to be the stand-in for like all of the Wizarding World's shitty opinions now makes no sense to me. Like in book two, he was very like informed about like shitty wizard racism and stuff. And now he's not. Um, this is another case of them being functional adults in previous books and children again now uh and so like i want to be happy for him because i think i think this storyline of him trying to figure out who he is in contrast to his brothers is sweet um and and fun 
but I wish he would stop saying his opinions about slavery or having those bad opinions about slavery, you know? Yeah. Um, we did learn some details that I would like to mention briefly. Um, uh-huh. Because Angelina goes to Harry and is like, you know, Ron was the worst that tried out, but we're giving him we're giving him the position because his brothers are good Quidditch players. And also, uh, we learn that there is a charms club. H- Hogwarts has clubs. That's what we've learned. <laughs> Maybe that's where Ghoul Studies comes up. Is Ghoul Studies ghoul a club? Ghoul Studies Club. Also, like, I'm surprised Hermione's not in clubs. I guess she could yeah. I guess she could be and we don't know. Off screen. Yeah. Harry, join that a would... club. What the fuck? Harry, yeah. It, oh, I think at some point didn't we get a mention of like a gobstones club? Am oh, I... maybe. So maybe there's maybe there's multiple. But yeah, Harry, join like the chess club or something. What kind of clubs does Hogwarts have? What are the And I'm gonna I'm curious if we get like a list of canon clubs here. Gobstones Club, Potions Club, Magical Creatures Club, Hogwarts Ancient Runes Club. What? Is this oh, all, Hogwarts is this all from Ancient the video Runes games? Club. Where is this coming from? This is probably Rat Race Club. Rat Race Rat Club? Rat Race Club? What? Rat Race Club. What's Rat Race Club? I, no. They are racing. When you click it, it's... They are racing actual rats, right? Rat Rat Race Club. Oh, okay, few. I was if for, I was worried for a second there because it didn't load, but I think it was just a, a a bug. The Rat Race Club was a student organization at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Re- Wizardry. The group once posted a notice on the Gryffindor Common Room notice board to let students know they would be meeting on Wednesday at five forty-five. Where does the Rat Race Club? Oh my God! What What is this from? Appearances. Harry Potter films, name seen on poster. Oh. Oh, and there's a picture. There's the Rat Race Club. It, oh, I love the Rat Race rat? Club. Of there's like a, a there's like a cartoon. It's like a cartoon rat. That's great. I mean, it's, I guess, I I guess we knew this. there was a dueling club, right? Like the one time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Diagon Alley Arts Club. Uh, What's the Arts Club? Wow, I'm learning so much. It was an association of artists based in Diagon Alley at the far end of the street. No, there are no wizard cool. artists. We know that. Oh yeah, that's well. Maybe they're maybe they're trying to figure it out. Maybe they're, they're watching like, okay, Point Break. There's a bunch of Muggleborns in there. They're like, okay, we've got Point Break. Uh, I've got one season of Friends, uh, and I have a laser disc of Star Wars that we can't play. Mm-hmm. Magical Creatures Club, Potions Club, Hogwarts Ancient Runes Club, Astronomy Club, Chudley Cannons Fan Club, Celestina Warbeck Fan Club. What are the fan clubs of Hogwarts do? There's so many of these. A Knitting Club, Potions Club, Slug Oh, of course, the Slug Club. Wait, 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 there's Slug Club and then there's Slugs and Bugs Club. Wouldn't want to mix those two up. Slug, Slug and Bugs Club was a student club at Hogwarts that was presumably for those interested in entomology. Hmm. The club posted... Oh, okay. This is all shit that people... Oh, uh, Umbridge... Uh, the club was disbanded under the orders of Educational Decree Number 24 made by Dolores Wow, Umbridge. she really does ramp up the evil in this book. Yeah, I fuck. take it back. Yeah, first, she... First she, she no, cuts, cuts words into Harry's hand and next she closes down the Slugs and Bugs Club. No Slugs and Bugs. No Rat Race. <laughs> no rat race club no potions club what an evil teacher oh my god (laughs) i want to join the rat race club 
I want to watch the rats run around. That sounds adorable. I have a second question about um, yeah. Angelina's uh, ex- explanation of why Ron got the position. Yeah. Who yeah, the I... hell are Vicky Frobisher and Jeffrey Hooper? <laughs> well, uh, here's the thing. I think that she's very smart because uh, I would not want to hire someone named Hooper to be my goalkeeper to guard the hoops right yeah that seems that seems like he would just because because it's in his name he's the hooper he's gonna let everything go in those hoops yeah uh so so good you know he can join the basketball club presumably if, if that's a thing at hogwarts <laughs> um but quidditch uh-uh uh we're we're not letting hooper guard the hoops i can't deal so, i can't deal with all like i i accepted luna only because i know that that we needed to be introduced to her but i can't i can't deal with all these characters coming out of nowhere in a school where there are about four people in each year (laughs) yeah we we keep on getting a glimpse of like what the wider school life is and especially now reading this really depressing one i want to read that book i want to go to the rat club with jeffrey hooper and see what (laughs) let's see what they're up to you know uh yeah also i just don't you know i I like angelina a lot as a character uh i would like to point out that one isn't she dating one of fred and george yes yeah uh so feels weird to just like be putting their brother on the quidditch team and also the main thing is openly admitting it just going to harry and being like hey here's what's up with my team decisions i picked the one that sucks because uh he knows some people he knows some people uh family is good at quidditch um i i actually i did kind of like the detail that one one person was like yeah if charms club was happening at the same time of a quidditch game i'd be going to charms club but yeah i don't know about (laughs) the other guy maybe that maybe that's the two it's like vicky was like no i would go to charms club and hooper you know you can't hire a hooper because he'll put it put the ball through you the hoops can't. it's tragic you know the tragedy of jeffrey hooper uh he's really good at quidditch but no one will hire him because his name is a bad omen maybe I'm he should sorry, be a chaser he can put he can put the ball in the other team's hoops that's right that's right but angelina's the chaser isn't she i think so there are three oh that's yeah right? what let let hooper, it's been a long time hooper since on. i've heard the rules of quidditch so I'm Let forgetting. Hooper on the team. Oh, I'm sure we'll get what. Maybe, maybe Harry will have to explain the rules of Quidditch to Umbridge before she cancels it. No, she's like, she, that he's going to try, and then she's going to cut him off and be like, "No, no more Quidditch," and then no we won't Quidditch. get to hear. Her. And that'll be torture for us, right? <laughs> Boy, what a what a long chapter. We've still got some more, a little bit left here, right? We've got. Uh, this homework thing Hermione what am I what am I forgetting here no it's just um the it's just Harry's scar thing which is the whole which is oh oh, by the way the plot is that Harry's scar hurts in this in this book (laughs) oh we've got the scar thing the scar it's the the main plot of this book um you might have forgotten it's that Harry's scar hurts yeah and he's mad about Um, it um yeah so this this is a weird detail because uh i this book much like the beginning of this chapter where we're like 
like it's weird to have your characters say uh why you know like talk away the plot holes um i was very satisfied with harry's like personal commitment to like not telling anyone because of uh you know him feeling like it's a personal battle of wills or whatever um being stubborn and humiliated uh when they start talking about it out loud to everyone and still like is being mad and pissy at everyone for suggesting he talks to dumbledore that I'm, i'm starting to get a little like okay you're uh focusing a little too much on why this makes sense like you already sold me on this you know yeah it just ends up feeling really frustrating i think yeah I, i'm already sold on him not going to dumbledore also it's weird for him to be like ah dumbledore only cares about my scar doesn't he when his immediate reaction when his scar hurt was like oh fuck oh no dumbledore has got to i've got to tell someone that my scar hurts like like uh, he harry knows the significance of that like it's a weird it's a weird dig at dumbledore i guess yeah i think the plot of this book is really boring it's just kind of not there there's not like you know we 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 didn't get to it until like the beginning like there's like the beginning of the chapter and the end of the chapter have like some plot momentum stuff you know the umbrage thing kind of is is moving things forward but like we knew she was evil already um and the scar hurting thing is like the major takeaway from that and so harry just being like ugh i don't want to move the plot forward i'm i'm not gonna tell anyone i'm gonna tell sirius or whatever like but that's just a little deflating i guess like nothing moved uh we got like one plot detail and that was it yeah also hermione keeps telling him to stop being such a jerk and then he keeps doing it over and over and over again and it's miserable be nice to hermione oh i have one other thing here that i do want to bring up sure in that luna scene oh yeah um i was i was reminded i this was such another strong i thought that harry and hermione were gonna end up a thing (laughs) uh because she's so immediately dismissive of both luna and Ginny, and is like like she comes rushing over to harry or whatever and is like 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 you know fuck those girls uh like here's me i'm hermione like i was just very like oh this is probably where i got that idea from right like yeah yeah i can see that there's a lot of that here i i i need to look more into when if jk rowling ever said when she made the like final decision oh on like ron versus Uh harry for hermione Yeah. yeah it had to be a fairly last minute decision i feel it feels like it feels like this this really feels like it is setting that up uh, specifically mm-hmm. to me well yeah because we know that the way that um jk rowling writes romance is that the characters are, uh, hate each other <laughs> until they don't right yeah right like they hate each other until they don't uh yeah Her- it's harry's, even... harry's nagging hermione oh, that's right oh he's just so good at that he's uh he's a regular pickup artist for sure i don't know like like i'm kind of enjoying this book i'm definitely more than i was goblet of fire at this point Mm -hmm. i would say um but it it is also weirder in more glaring ways i would say uh it's kind of my main takeaway here i just i i'm i'm really still my opinion on like the umbridge torture scene and like the fallout from that is probably gonna ping pong around 
several times over the course of this book because i'm still really chewing on like what i really think about uh this like like emotional abuse storyline it's a weird one it's strange um we'll see it is a heavier topic aside from slavery but i don't really count that because the way that harry potter deals with slavery is like not at all you know right um it's like the heaviest topic they've dealt with so far and and i i'm almost unsure how like intentional that is i i don't know i it's 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 uh a lot to think about for sure yeah i i will be curious how it how it how it moves forward i i guess like i don't think we're too far off uh, from umbridge becoming the high inquisitor which is such a comical title <laughs> yeah. uh, that i'm curious how that will be developed there was also a, She's a, a fucking warhammer there character. was also a very a detail that i kind of forgot to mention which is the the um the part where umbridge suggests that she is using other students to spy for her oh right yes yes which is like i think like a pretty good like authoritarian teacher authority figure kind of detail um yeah. but i don't know why i don't know why she's gonna turn more into a cartoon but i i guess i guess we'll see it's all over the place i think unless there's anything else you want to say on these chapters i think it's probably time for us to take a break yeah i think so uh, time to take a break and when we come back we will be looking on the brighter side of harry potter after this very god. serious abuse uh episode to talk about um some epic sass do you like some epic sass i do i love i love epic sass all right, well, we will be back with some sass after this. I don't know why I said after this, like there's an ad coming. It's, it's going to be the goofy music. everybody uh we are going to get into some sass but before we do that we have some urgent breaking news hmm. i guess it's not really breaking but it's breaking to me breaking to us <laughs> so i guess there was a bruce springsteen song that was made for the first harry potter movie that got scrapped i i want to know how we missed this yeah like, we like how if <laughs> I'm still like a little in shock that this exists, right? Um, and I don't understand how we Harry Potter scholars who have who I, I'm not saying we've seen everything, right? But I can't believe this doesn't get posted more, right? I'm I'm surprised this isn't on the same level of of like here's my photo of Hogwarts at Universal on the Reddit, like like DAE Bruce Springsteen uh, wrote a song for Harry Potter. So it, it is, was written for Harry Potter. It was Potter. written for the movie. It, you will hear, I listened ahead to some of the lyrics. Uh, uh, you, this, this is for Harry Potter. Bruce Springsteen says ghosts and goblins at one point in this, in this song. Hmm. I don't know if that's that much evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'm just saying, according to this news article, the ballad was passed on due to a stipulation J.K. Rowling had in the contract that no commercial songs could be used in the film. Gosh, she's so weird. Yeah, that, you'd think that would be a big get. Uh, and she wanted Franz Ferdinand for the later movies, so, you know, 
what's the maybe what's she the just deal? doesn't like Bruce Springsteen. I mean, <laughs> I guess I'm treading I'm treading on, on on shaky ground here. I'm sure I know I know Bruce Springsteen is very popular, but I'm kind of with her on this one. <laughs> I I am I will say. I have no opinions about Bruce Springsteen going uh, into this. I yeah. have I have zero. Like, sure. A totally, totally neutral. But then again, I also can't think of a single Bruce Springsteen song. Born in the USA. Oh. Born Fuck. to run. I'm still, I'm he has still a lot of songs zero. about being born. Good uh, for him. Uh, Nebraska. Those are some songs I know. Okay. Uh, but I think I... So for the benefit of the audience, I will pipe this in in post so that so you can hear our us what we're reacting to but i have a video of the song queued up here uh and i would just like us to soak this in a little sure bit and sure and, and give our opinions on this it is a five and a half minute song so oh, we will geez. not listen to the whole he thing did, he didn't he didn't phone it in did he no he really because like you you can really get away with like three minutes for a song <laughs> and that's that's two more no, minutes he really went for it um so i'm gonna count us down and we're going to to give our our live reactions to this uh beautiful bruce springsteen ballad for harry potter and yeah three, great two one I really like this video. I don't know if this is more of like an AMV sort of situation, though. I like the Harry Potter font that they chose for this. Oh no, the the daily motion video player is not very good. No, uh, it is quite low res right now. But you know, the, the emotion of the music is carrying it. Oh, here he is. <laughs> Is this the tone? Really? Could you fucking imagine being in a movie theater after seeing Harry Potter and hearing this? Heroes of fight on at any cost. I love this. This is the jam. I did I don't really have this mood while reading Harry Potter, but I'm into it. Also, for movie number one, also. Yeah. Uh, when I, would this have played? Just in the credits? Ah, uh, I would imagine during the credits. But what if, what if this played like during the Mirror of Erised scene? Oh, uh, that would have been really beautiful. What if Dumbledore had sang it? Oh, he's like he like put down the Birdie Bots flavored beans. He's like Harry. I'll remember <laughs> you always, Harry. This is so beautiful. Okay, uh, maybe he did phone it in a little bit. I said that he didn't because it's five minutes long, but... Ghosts and goblins in your dreams. Uh, I will say that I think the back half of this song is just the chorus repeated like ten times, so he probably did kind of phone it in. Um, I'm, I'm getting kind of mellow. This is kind of mellowing me out a little bit. Yeah. This is such perfect, just like queasy, feel good credits music. I think that's probably is where, because all these lyrics are just like generic, like uh, stuff about feeling good. I love my friends. You know, just kind of, kind of that kind of vibe. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's great. Oh, also this video is great. I forgot about the Death Eater who just stands in front of the train and makes it stop. I don't think I saw that movie. 
it's I think that's the last one. Yeah, I didn't see that one. I could once Dobby died, what was the what was the point? Yeah, what's the point? He's out of there. Oh no, he, oh, some beautiful. Thank you, Bruce. I, I don't want to stop this. This is no, really great. No, I said we weren't. I said we weren't gonna do the whole thing, but I'm kind of jamming out. You know what this sounds like? Hmm. It sounds like a fake Twin Peaks song. Oh, it really does, doesn't it? I like right? that. I like it even more now. Yeah. This is a this is an experience. Um, which Harry? I know I said Dumbledore earlier, but if you could have a Harry Potter character sing this song, who would you choose? Snape, right? Snape, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or, because uh, Gilderoy Lockhart does sing, doesn't he? Isn't that one of his like other accomplishments? I'm sure. Maybe. Yeah, I mean that would be really good. Like, what if he opened the Dueling Club like this? It's like, With okay, song. we're gonna do the Dueling Club, but first, I have a musical number. <laughs> okay, Professor Lockhart walks onto the Dueling Club stage, uh -huh. uh, and he says, you know. Combat is a necessary uh, uh, evil that we have to learn in these dark times. And I have a little song uh, about, the, about the struggle we're about to face. And he starts singing, uh, uh, From the left to the right, we'll fight <laughs> till the end. This is still going, and I'm still kind of jamming to this piano. I gotta be honest. Yeah. You know, it's got this little very very classy so i'm i wish this was in the movie now i'm gonna i'm gonna like find a torrent or something of the first movie and just like see where like do you think that this song kicks off right when harry says like i'm not going home not really like like do you think that's where it like kicks in and like Definitely, definitely. I wish the there was a little. Pulling away. Yeah, I wish there was a little more footage after that, but maybe you could stretch it out a little bit and, and find some. I, I think it would be great if after he said that, there was a little bit of a flashback montage just, of all their adventures just, throughout just the year. The, everything they did in the movie just set to this song. Oh, how beautiful would that be? Okay, now we're getting into the part of this video where it's just the chorus. Wow, we just made it through the entire five and a half minutes of this thing. Yeah, I think uh, that means it's a good song. I, that, I think it's probably my favorite Bruce Springsteen song uh, so far. It's the only one, isn't the only one? It's the one only one I know. Um, so it's it's up there. It's number one. Just beautiful. Thank you, Bruce. Thank big big shout outs to the boss for. There, uh, there is no part of that song that makes me think of Harry Potter. Like, no, it is, it absolutely is, it is not. An, it is an anti Harry Potter song. <laughs> That's that's the kind of song I imagine when I think about Charlie Bone, honestly. That should right. have been the Charlie I, Bone theme song. Yeah, I really respect the attempt, though. I so there's the part there's that part of the song where he's like, doo, 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 doo. like what if what if they had like like hit a deal with him where they were like, okay, we can put this song in the movie, but when you're doing the like the na 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 part, um, can you say make it the Harry Potter the Hedwig theme? So you get Bruce Springsteen oh. singing like do 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 <laughs> do 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 
Do do do do do do. That would have um, been great. You know who at the Super Bowl, um, the Super Bowl halftime show where they have a bunch of musical artists, uh, shirtless Adam Levine being one of them. Oh yeah. And you oh, know, yeah. like they'll oftentimes have like the main the main performer, but there will often be like another band or, or musical artist that's there, and they kind right. of work it into the like. There's like a breakdown, yeah. and like they'll come in and do yeah, yeah. like a little thing, and it'll go back to kind of the main performer at the right. end there. Um, I'm thinking they could have done that for the Goblet of Fire, like the Yule Ball, and had like Bruce Springsteen come in <laughs> midway through to do kind of like a slower, like slow dance song, and then like worked it back up to the, so, the Hippogriff right. song. So the, the so the weird sisters are on stage uh, playing the Hippogriff song, and they're they're jamming out, but then they like slow it down, and and everyone stops dancing and looks up on their stage, and they're like, "Huh, what's going on?" And then. You know, the lights go down and then boom, spotlight. It's Bruce Springsteen at Hogwarts. <laughs> and he's here to go, I'll remember you always. Yeah. Right. And then they all, be they all slow dance. Yeah. Uh, and that would be really nice. And I, I want to know, um, do you think, which version of this do you want to see? Would you like it to be Bruce Springsteen where it is just normal Bruce Springsteen wearing uh-huh. like his normal clothes? The, Im- the, Im- the implication being that Bruce Springsteen has been a wizard this entire time. Uh-huh. Or, or do you want to see like wizard version Bruce Springsteen? Where like they, they've like done him up in like a fake beard and robes yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, this is such a tough question. This is like asking if I want like hold on i'm gonna look up what bruce springsteen looks like because i have no idea i'm i'm really showing my my immense musical (laughs) knowledge uh, in this episode i'm i'm leaning toward wizard the whole time just looking at him just look just normal just like bruce springsteen uh just walks on stage wearing jeans and like a, a plaid shirt or whatever and is like yeah i'm a wizard I went to Ilvermone. <laughs> it's a little fucked up in the lore, but so is America. No, this is great because if we ever, if we ever get an Ilvermorny uh, movies, or we could salvage this song, and he can, yes. he can do the Yule Ball at, at yes. Ilvermorny. Absolutely. Oh, that would be so fucking incredible. I'm I'm so blown away that we had not heard of this before. Like, never encountered this. No one's posted this. I'm shocked that this, like you said, like, this is not, it's like a fun fact that gets posted on, like, Reddit every day. Because uh, it's just fucking weird. I did not know that Bruce Springsteen was ever considered for the movie. Oh, I think they made a big mistake. Yeah, they fucked up. This should have been the credits. I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna find where in the movie the song could have gone and 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 see if i can figure out where they would have put it because it's very funny yeah it really has to be the credit it does it does now the more that i think about it it is that like very like family friendly movie credits music remember Um, when that was like a thing in like every disney movie and like dreamworks movie they like end with a with a kind of like a ballad like a lot of disney movies do that right beautiful with with a ballad doesn't um doesn't Osmosis Jones end with a fucking ballad or something? I This might be shocking of... to you, but I never saw Osmosis Jones. You've never seen Osmosis <laughs> no, Jones? No, God, no. <laughs> Osmosis Jones is great. I mean, no, it's not, but it's great. Uh, I'm kind of a little bit grossed out by the concept. That they're like, they're like little dudes hanging out inside Bill Murray's yeah, body. Yeah, well, I didn't know it was Bill Murray's body. I just thought it was... <laughs> 
I didn't I didn't know because I haven't seen the movie. But yeah, it's yeah. like the it's like the um the Elton John ballad at the end of the Lion King, right? Like That's he he did one. the he did the uh, can you feel the love tonight? Oh, okay, yeah, we're we're really putting off this Hedwig article here, but I just gotta say, can can I go off real quick on that Lion King trailer? Why did they do Scar that that way? What do they do to him? I don't know. I mean, there are lions with black manes too. I I mean, I I don't know what I could say that hasn't been said a million times yeah. online. Where it's just like it is so scrubbed of personality, and yeah. it probably <laughs> also like they they look. It's very technically impressive. Like they, oh, they yeah. really do look like real lions, but I just don't really trust in a real lion's ability to put on a convincing performance of Hamlet. Emote, right? Like the whole reason it's a cartoon is so they can emote like a cartoon character. Uh, I'm there is a very funny comparison of like Simba cartoon Simba's reaction to uh Mufasa falling off the cliff and like 2019 Simba reacting. It's just like it's just a cat, like just just a cat <laughs> standing there. That yeah, movie's cat, gonna be cats, bizarre. The thing is, cats like I do believe that cats and lions and and animals have have emotional lives of their own. Oh yeah, I don't really think they have a good concept of mortality or like the complexity of human emotion. Was just like. I, if I read Hamlet to my cat, I don't know if my cat would enjoy that. It's a hypothetical <laughs> cat. I don't have a cat, but I, I just, I, I'm a little worried that, that the emotionality of these characters isn't going to really come through. It's really bad. My cat um, screams when she wants to come into the office uh, and falls asleep on my bed. And that's very cute. Uh, those are like the two emotional modes, yelling or sleeping. Uh, uh, have you tried reading Hamlet to her? I have not tried reading Hamlet to my cat. I I will try that and report back because Sounds that good. might be that might be an important uh, field of research. But yeah, that movie looks fucked. Uh, um, uh, Scar is like one of the coolest Disney villains in my opinion. I don't even I've like not seen The Lion King for a really really long time, um, but I still regularly get uh be prepared stuck in my head i think like yeah, if, I, if, I, if nothing is going on in my brain i get be prepared stuck in my head that's like, very that, cool that's, yeah that's, uh, that's way that's... better than me because i get the panic at the disco song stuck in my head when nothing else is going on <laughs> uh-huh you know the one um <laughs> i know the one we uh, should trade oh uh, god i wish um speaking of animals with rich emotional inner lives absolutely oh thank you so much for that yeah, yeah. fucking perfect transition pottermore has a lovely article for us here Mm -hmm. Uh, this is called all the times hedwig proved she was the queen of sass i think this article proves that pottermore has completely run out of things to write about um now that it is no longer a social network and now that they have fired everyone who works there uh kind of feels like they're running on fumes here a little bit um, yeah, this this um, article has some some cursed vibes, if you ask me. <laughs> this is like a very online kind this of is... text, uh, but also applied in the weirdest way and just kind of it's so like blatantly like desperate we were... for yeah, content. We... <laughs> we were talking about brand accounts earlier um Mm -hmm. and and i you know we we, brand brand accounts have been rearing their head online recently uh my favorite one being the did you see that the potbelly account oh god uh, i know i don't want to hear no 
No. Uh, the Potbelly account said that it was sexist to uh, uh, make fun of them for, right. for being a brand account. That's the silver uh, bullet right there. Fucking got him. So I want to get an over under on here, uh, on your opinion here. Do you think this article makes some allusion to Hedwig being like positive female representation, in Harry Potter? Oh, God damn it. Um. <sighs> If this were Bustle, it would be a different story. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, because I think that this all, I think that the word from on high is to make the safest fluff article possible. So I don't think it'll Fair. touch on anything even close to reality. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. We will, we will check in on that prediction after we read through this. The snowy owl was too cool to give a hoot. Hedwig had no trouble making her presence known whenever she was in the room, whether it was soaring magnificent magnificently through the air or incessantly pecking Ron and Hermione until she got answers. Our favorite snowy owl knew how to command respect and attention like the queen she was. Her vivacious oh personality <laughs> was so impressive that everyone could tell Hedwig was sassy, classy, and smart, and she didn't have to say a thing. If you ever, if you want to even try to get on her level, get ready to take some notes. Okay, we've already gotten the word queen in here. Um, so I'm a little worried that your prediction might be wrong. I just think it's going to touch that, right? Like it, it is a, uh -huh. it is a Rorschach test of yeah. like, if you it is using and co-opting that language to suggest something that it's never going to come out and say, um, right. I'm also wondering, is this article priming us for in 10 years to find out that Hedwig was a human woman? Was a human woman? Oh God. If only probably right. God. Like a very sassy human woman. Anything fucking goes at this point, huh? It may have been someone else's house, but it was still her rules. From the moment we met Hedwig, when she wasn't deep in her beauty sleep, she was swooping in and out of Harry's room. Wait, sorry. She was swooping in and out of the Harry's room at the mm. Dursleys. Ah, uh, uh, the Harry's room. The Harry's room. The Harry's as room. She, as if she owned the place. Frankly, she might as well have. The owl made it clear from the start that she followed no one's rules but her own. As we learned in Philosopher's Stone... One only needs to bring back dead mice to keep Aunt Petunia away. Uh, no, no, that doesn't happen. Um, she lives in a cage. She lives in a cage and is a bird that goes out <laughs> and does bird stuff. Like that's just Her what an owl does. It's like the mail. one. It's like the other than delivering mail, <laughs> like catching and eating mice for sustenance is like kind of an owl's <laughs> one big thing. The thing that she does, right? They need to do uh, that to live. Head Hedwig also never settled for less than she deserved, while Harry immediately slurped up half of the cold tin <laughs> soup when the Dursleys locked him in. What? Hedwig chose nothing rather than soggy vegetables. Probably because she would oh die. Like, can you feed a bird vegetables? Oh yeah, they eat a lot of vegetables. I don't and know about owls specifically, but I, I think yeah. most birds have a lot of vegetables. Yeah, birds eat diet. seeds. And I don't know if all that sodium is good for a bird in, yeah, in canned like soup. Alphabet soup might not. Might, I don't know. That just doesn't. I would not feed a bird soup. That seems bad. Sorry, Harry. She was a girl who knew what she wanted, and what she wanted was nothing less than rodents and bacon rinds. Even though owls don't actually eat bacon rinds, as J.K. Rowling later noted. Huh? That but, I did not know. I mean, 
This is weird. This is weirding me out. This is giving me kind of weird, weird vibes here. Does this feel like generated to you? Like, is this a test to see if they can like automate Harry Potter article writing? God, (laughs) it's it's close. (laughs) No one could keep her caged up. Vernon Dursley had to learn this lesson the hard way when he padlocked Hedwig inside her cage to stop Harry from contacting the wizarding world. Eventually, Mr. Dursley Dursley agreed to let Hedwig out at night after Harry swore she wouldn't he wouldn't use the owl to send letters. What did Hedwig do in that case? Nothing in this situation, I guess. But we oh, here we go. But we all know the real reason Uncle Vernon caved was because Hedwig knew what made the man tick and what ticked him off. The owl, okay, and this is what this is what the website says. This isn't me saying this. The owl's savage response was to make such a loud racket in the early hours of the morning that Vernon could barely get a wink of sleep. She didn't give up the cause until she drove him mad with her screeching. How did Harry ever manage without her? I hate this. I hate this. this. Her beauty sleep was not to be messed with. Perhaps Hedwig knew depriving Uncle Vernon of sleep would get under his skin because she understood just how important it was to get some shut-eye. The owl didn't skimp on sleep, gotta keep those amber eyes sharp and those feathers soft, and got feisty every time her rest was interrupted. When Luna Lovegood's laugh was too loud or Dobby's self-punishment was too noisy. Okay, let's... Dobby's self-punishment is a really funny... We... (laughs) Dobby was beating his meat too loud. Oh, God, no. Oh, that's horrible. That's canon now. Dobby was jacking off so loud he pissed Hedwig off. (laughs) She couldn't couldn't even get her beauty sleep. Couldn't get her beauty sleep. Uh, Hedwig didn't settle for a side-eye or passive-aggressive hoot. Instead, her sats level shot at 1,000%, and she gave a loud screech and beat her wings indignantly. Yup, don't ever mess with a diva's sleep. I'm so disappointed, um, because I heard sass as stats, and I was like, <laughs> her, her stats, stats went high. up? Yeah, hell so, yeah. But now it's just sass. She used blood buff, and it increased all her stats for 30 seconds. Hmm. She wasn't afraid to voice her opinions or get a little beaky. Hedwig didn't care if someone thought she was loud or outrageous. If someone did her wrong, she had no problem giving them her unfiltered thoughts. In Chamber of Secrets, Ron and Harry got a taste of her unmitigated sass when their trolleys collided with the wall of platform nine and three quarters and Hedwig's cage flew off and bounced onto the floor. She shrieked and caused such a scene that there was a lot of muttering about cruelty to animals from the surrounding crowd. You know, I feel like this is starting to have a theme where it's just like bad stuff is happening to Hedwig and she's reacting (laughs) like she's a bird. (laughs) Hedwig also knew when to lower her voice without having to sacrifice sass. Sometimes her irritation would take the form of rougher nips on the arm or when it came to her beautiful, uh, brutally honest thoughts about pigwidgeon, clicking her beak was enough to signify her dignified disapproval. She sure was a beaky little owl. I know it's sad that we're writing about this in the past tense because Hedwig fucking dies. Right. Uh, Yeah. Her self-confidence was off the charts. Pigwidgeon's ineptness only made Hedwig more confident in her own abilities. She even had a lesson or two for the small owl. To counter Pig's inability to stay quiet, Hedwig kept unusually still while Harry tied a letter to her leg, as though determined to show him how a real post owl should behave. 
Then she soared away elegantly to show Pigwidgeon that an owl need not fly across the room like a tennis ball. Just watch and learn, Pigwidgeon. Watch and learn. The trusty owl was so confident she turned up in France once to fetch Hermione's gift for Harry without being prompted. She also successfully found Harry no matter where, where he was, even when he was staying at the Leaky Cauldron after running away from the Dursleys. She never doubted her abilities, and consequently, we never did either. This is so nutso. I'm on the f- final uh, segment here. Can you take a guess at what this one, one would be? No, because I have crumbled into dust and blown <laughs> away in the wind. <laughs> She could love you as fast as she could leave you. No. Harry knew firsthand that Hedwig had the ability to tug at his heartstrings or ruffle his feathers, depending on how he treated her. For instance, when Harry didn't get any mail at the Great Hall, she would still fly to see him and nibble his ear. But when Harry wronged her, say by crashing a car into the Whomping Willow, she would reach, reach peak sassiness and show him her tail or leave him without a, even a backwards glance. Though Hedwig and Harry had some rough patches, she was there when he needed her most. Because no matter how sassy she got, true queens know that true friends <sighs> will always come through. That's that. That's the article. So how long until Hedwig is a real human woman that is able to do like epic, epic rants? <laughs> epic feminist rants Right. Hedwig. Yeah. <laughs> oh this is so dark because the thing is the the problem is like 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 i I know we've talked before about how lame the like current jk rowling meme has gotten but the the thing about it that's lame is that it's true like there's no joke like anything could be changed at any moment by jk rowling because nagini's a human woman and just like that's how it is now anything can change mcgonagall was at hogwarts 20 years before she was born fuck you who cares like just nothing is safe i need to listen to this bruce springsteen song again to calm me down (laughs) i'll stand by you oh it's see problem is what if what if that song is from the perspective of hedwig i'll stand by you always i'm hedwig i'll deliver you mail yeah. My sass reaches epic levels when <laughs> Pigwidgeon is flying around my head. If it's supposed to be from the perspective of Hedwig, Bruce Springsteen is an odd choice. <laughs> it's it's artistic. It is artistic. You know, he, he 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 did some. He did a lot of research for. It. He spent he spent a day with an owl and was like, I know I know what it's like to be an owl now. They can stay up late. They can see in the dark. I would need a flashlight if I had to go out and catch mice. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is horrible. I can't do I can't do this Bruce Springsteen voice anymore. I'm it's very choke. it's very good. I feel like maybe um uh I guess I don't remember I mean I don't really remember from the movie, but maybe you could cut that song into the Hedwig death scene is like she's falling slowly oh my to her god death. and it's no. you know i'll always stand i'll stand by you always oh no uh well now i know what i'm doing while i'm waiting for editing stuff to finish <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how, i don't know how long that scene is i feel like it's probably very very short i don't they like make it so she like flies in front of the bullet instead of falling in a cage 
or something because in the book it's brutal yeah she, like, it's falls just, out of yeah it's just like senseless right yeah but this is like a grand sacrifice for the movie yeah well thank you so much to bruce springsteen and to pottermore uh what a one of these days we're going to be starting an episode saying r.i.p to pottermore there's no way that it's going to be up forever like they're so all in on this wizarding world thing now yeah i just don't know like like this whole wizarding world brand shift if if like the third movie doesn't pay off like it's done right like it's fucking over they're gonna have to reboot the originals instead or something i mean the original harry potter not not the originals the vampire diaries spinoff um the yeah i don't know i i would say that they would be done but at the same time like didn't they make like three hulk reboots like i i I feel like they will just keep trying i I, harry potter has got to have enough like brand recognition and like brand safety that they'll just jam it until well it works right i forgot i forgot to bring this up in the news but they did wb recently did try to specifically trademark I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. Mm-hmm. Which, why would you do that unless you were planning on making the Marauders uh, more front and center in some form of media, right? Like, Please, no. That's, yeah, that'll be real dark if that happens. But, like, I can't think of any other reason why they would do that because that, that's that's the phrase, huh? Yeah. So that's, that's, mm, that's fucked. Well, I think it's probably time for us to wrap this up, huh? Yeah. We've, we've had some beautiful music. We've we've learned all about Hedwig. I'll take it away. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. You can check them out on Bandcamp. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash streetcast. We have so many excellent bonus episodes for you there. We are about to meet Jimmy Fallon uh we are we are we are on we're on that we've got our new shoes on we're gonna make jimmy fallon and we're also reading tiger's curse which surprise surprise is really really good quote unquote uh sorta it's good it's fun to read and uh what are we gonna read next week we're gonna read chapter 14 which is called percy and padfoot Uh, mm. oh i don't know what's in this so it'll be a little fun surprise all right well i think it's time for us to consult another way to kill umbridge out of the hundred what do you say i forgot about this i'm so excited i'm so excited you ready are you ready for for this week's uh or excuse me this week's uh, umbridge death yes i am set mcgonagall in cat form on her okay maybe that's a bit harsh bring a trash bag for the larger pieces what mcgonagall's like a tabby right i look i love animals and i would never do this but if i was forced into a life or death hand-to-hand combat situation with a cat i'm pretty sure i could win i'm pretty sure i could destroy a cat in martial arts i'm, I'm yeah just... i just also don't think you'd have to because it's a cat right <laughs> it's a like... cat it's, it could scratch you i guess it'll hiss at you i I mean, I think I, I think like, a cat can do like probably pretty serious damage. Like a like a serious cat bite is not yeah great. Not great. 
probably not going to kill you or no. dismember you. Dismember you? Bring a trash bag for the larger pieces. Uh, That's quite a fantasy. Yeah. Are there any good comments on that one? Uh, Yas Mini and yeah, go Mini. Is that like a thing? Do people, I mean, is it like, why? Because it seems like a Wattpad thing. Like people on Wattpad call her Mini. Yeah. Mini, Mini McGonagall. I think Dumbledore calls her that maybe once. Oh, that does happen, doesn't it? That's in first book? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, I mean, I, just I don't guess think that of is her that way. Like, I wouldn't call her that. I would never call a, a McGonagall anything diminutive, I, I don't think. That, that seems like a recipe for disaster. Right, because then you, she would dismember you in cat form. Well, this is so exciting. I forgot we had this new sign-off feature. But even, you know, even with this new feature, I would please advise you to read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean rolls seem tame But I know what you're after If you catch a eye Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise